Happy holidays and welcome to the Sharp 600 brought to you by Covers.com. My name is Joe Fortenball. This is episode 163 of the podcast. And because it is the holiday season, we have combined two of our favorite things into this episode. NFL Week 17 and Bowl Season Part 3. Now, in just a few moments, we are going to jump out to Las Vegas to visit with Sam Panionovich. You can catch him on the Vegas Stats and Information Network. He's going to lay out the college football betting slate for the next few days. We've got college football picks to close the show. But first, ladies and gentlemen, because we're cooking with Crisco, it's time for your six-point teaser of the week. Ten and six after last week's loss courtesy of the Indianapolis Colts and New Orleans Saints. That is where the six-point teaser record stands at this point, 10-6 and six on the year. Now, that was the only loss on the entire card last week for the NFL. We went 4-0 straight up, so we'll try to keep that cooking. But right now, 10-6 and six on the season after last week's loss. This week, the six-point teaser is as follows. We're going to start with the Houston Texans, teasing from 65 down to a half against the Jacksonville Jaguars. A lot at stake here for the Texans in Week 17, who can go as high as a divisional title and first-round bye to as low as a wild-card game on the road. So you know you're going to get Houston's best punch. But what about Jacksonville, who's turning the keys to the car back over to Blake Bortles? My bet is that the Jags are desperate for this dreadful and underachieving season to reach its conclusion Houston rolls here. So take the Texans from minus six and a half down to minus a half against Jacksonville. You're going to tease them with the San Francisco 49ers. Currently 10-point dogs at Los Angeles to take on the Rams. Tease it up to plus 16. The Niners have won two of their last three and look, dare I say, somewhat competent on offense under third-string signal caller Nick Mullins. San Francisco knows divisional foe Los Angeles very well, who has actually dropped two of its last three led by an offense with a very shaky quarterback as of late in Jared Goff. The Rams at the moment look very, very vulnerable. Now, I don't think the Niners come out here and shock the world, but I love the idea of getting them plus 16. The defense has turned a corner. The offense is moving the ball down the field. Bottom line, in our final six-point teaser of the regular season, we're going to take Houston from minus 6.5 down to minus a half versus Jacksonville and San Francisco from plus 10 to plus 16 at Los Angeles against the Rams. Your NFL picks in just a moment, but first, a word from our sponsors. All right, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Now, they're going to start odd, and then they're going to get more and more obvious. Do you like monkeys with knives? Like I said, hmm, this is intriguing, but perhaps a bit odd. Do you like sports gaming? Now we're starting to warm up. Do you like winning money? Now we're there. Then check out monkeyknifefight.com. That's monkeyknifefight.com. It's the new 100% legal gaming site that everybody's talking about. They have dozens of games and chances to win. Games like Over Under, where you win if you nail two player-based props or hit five props and the winnings even bigger. So play now. Enter the promo code COVERS and get a $5 free game and an exclusive instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's the promo code COVERS. And if you go into the bio of this podcast, the link is right there. Click the link, use the promo code COVERS, 
Boom. That's monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com. A perfect 4-0 record last week in the NFL, which brings our season total to 37 wins, 25 defeats, and one tie. Let's see if we can keep it moving this week. Give me some music. Game number one, Buffalo, minus five, hosting the Miami Dolphins. Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 Pacific, New Era Field at Ralph Wilson Stadium. The wind, snow, and bitter cold of late December Buffalo is no place for a warm-weather team like the Dolphins that have absolutely nothing to play for once again come Week 17. In fact, widespread changes could be coming to the franchise this offseason, so why even bother? After all, the Dolphins are 1-5 against the spread over their last six trips to Western New York. As for the Bills, well, they play a much better brand of football at home than they do on the road, with a 3-4 straight-up home record this season that features losses to playoff-bound squads like the Chargers, Patriots, and Bears. Add in the fact that Miami's 2-10 against the spread over their last 12 road dates and will gladly back Buffalo minus 5. Game number 2, it's Cleveland Browns plus 5.5 at Baltimore Sunday, 425 p.m. Eastern, 125 p.m. Pacific, M&T Bank Stadium. The Ravens are playing for a divisional title, but don't sleep on Cleveland's motivation to win this one as the Browns are looking to finish the season with their first winning record since 2007. Baker Mayfield and company have won five of their last six, covered the number in four of their last six, and have what it takes to hang with a new-look Lamar Jackson-led Baltimore offense that is averaging 25 points per game since the Louisville product took over for Joe Flacco. Now, 25 points per game, that's not terrible, but it's not explosive enough to back me off a red-hot Browns team that is catching a very hefty five in the hook in this spot. Game number three, the Chicago Bears plus four and a half at Minnesota, Sunday, 425 p.m. Eastern, 125 p.m. Pacific, U.S. Bank Stadium. The Bears have 10 wins this season, but what's equally as impressive is that the team's four losses have come by a combined 14 points. That indicates that even when things aren't going Chicago's way, the NFC North champs still produce a highly competitive effort. This Sunday in Minnesota, they're catching four and a half points and still have a shot at a first-round bye should the Rams lose to the Niners. The Bears have covered the number in eight of their last nine games, while the Vikings are 2-8 and eight against the spread over their last ten games against teams with a winning record. Minnesota comes out flat here, in my opinion, and the Bears win it outright, so take Chicago and the points. Maybe that was money. Tell me that wasn't money. To Las Vegas we go. You can catch them on the Vegas Stats and Information Network, as well as the Chicken Dinner Weekly Football Handicapping Podcast, and on Twitter, at SP Shoot. Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Paniatovich joining us here on the Sharp 600. My man, it was a lot of DMs back and forth. It was me rescheduling on you about 33 times, but I appreciate the patience. Thanks so much for coming on the pod, and happy holidays. How are you? You too, Joey. Happy holidays. Thanks for having me. This is a long time coming. We've been doing this a long time. I've been doing chicken dinner. You've been doing your podcast. I don't know how this has never worked out, but it's funny. I tried to get you on first, but you had to one-up me. You had to put me on the sharp first before I got you on chicken dinner. It's okay. <laughs> I'm I looking forward you. to it. And, and, and here's the perfect forward tease for us. Next week, I'm going to be on your podcast. So anyone who's listening next week when you're coming off the holidays, the chicken dinner podcast, Joe Fortenball making the big appearance. I'm looking forward to it. What are we going to be talking about? 
Oh, just gambling. You know, being a degenerate, bad beats. Shocker. Uh, you know, losing all your rent money when you're in college, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> Maybe I um I got a story we can talk about. I'll just tease it up now. But I actually I kind of had like a minor bookmaking operation my senior year because I wanted to go to Cancun. And if you get in with one frat house at a major university, like it's over. Like you're going to be able to make money hand over fist every week. It was amazing how easy that was. And then if you really want to get creative. You take the consensus picks, and then you call your guy, and you go the other way. So you're double dipping on all this stuff. Uh, hey, man, I know all too well. Let's save the stories. Though. I don't want right. to get in trouble. All right, you got it. All right, so let's start with college football Saturday afternoon, the first of the two semifinals. We're going to see Notre Dame as a big dog against Clemson. Now, Clemson's dealing with some suspensions and a little bit of adversity coming in. But bottom line, how legitimate of a shot does Notre Dame have to A, cover, and to B, win this game? I think they have a great shot to cover. I'm a big fan of Ian Book. And look, I, I looked at that game against USC. And granted, USC is not the USC that we grew up with. It's not the USC that we're used to seeing dominate, you know, late seasons. But I looked at that game. They were down. I mean, Notre Dame, a lesser team loses that game. They whittle under the pressure. But Ian Book made so many winning plays in that game against a really good defensive team. I mean, USC, yeah, they struggle, but they still have athletes on defense. And Ian Book made several plays in that game where he was able to, to move around the pressure, find open receivers. There was that one play late in the fourth quarter when he took off and ran and leveled the linebacker on the sideline. Like, I just love guys that make plays like that, that make winning plays at quarterback. He's not going to be phased by the pressure uh, that Clemson's going to throw at him. Not to mention, look, Dexter Lawrence, I talked to bookmakers. He's not going to play for Clemson. They say he's only worth the point. B.S. That guy's an NFL monster in the making. To not have him on your defensive line, I think that's a huge deal. So I actually took I took this before the news came out. I took 13.5 with Notre Dame. I got a good number. I can't sit here, Joey, and tell you, well, I don't like it at 12, you know, because that's coward crap. I still <laughs> like the Irish. I think they're going to cover this game. As far as winning, I don't know, maybe like a 33% shot. So I'd maybe, I'd maybe take a little bit of the position and throw a little bit on the money line. Um, but in Vegas here, that money line price has gone down. It was plus 450 on the Irish. There are a lot of domers and a lot of people that love the domers that are going to bet on the money line. It's a very popular bet. Now it's like plus 350. I wouldn't get too greedy. I just take the 13, 12 and a half, 12, whatever you can get. I take the points and run. Semifinal number two, Bama, two touchdown favorite over Oklahoma. You have the Heisman Trophy winner and the Heisman Trophy runner-up squaring off in this matchup. But the first question out of the gate, the Oklahoma defense. This is the worst defense we have seen in the college football playoff. Now, granted, it's a relatively small sample size, but will the Sooner defense be able to hold up in this one? Vegas says no. In fact, there are team totals at the Westgate Superbook. I don't know if you've seen this. You can bet on Team A or Team B to go over or under a certain total. The Alabama point total is 45 and a half. <laughs> so I mean, that pretty much tells you everything you need to know here. I think Kyler Murray's a stud, but if there's one thing, and it sounds so cliche to say this, Nick Saban with time to prepare for a quarterback that can do things like this, like if he has a month to prepare for you, he's going to take away what you do well. They're going to spy him with their great linebackers. I don't think they're going to let him outside the pocket and make plays with his legs. They're going to dare him to beat you in the pocket. And with Hollywood Brown, yeah, he says he's going to play, but is he 100%? Hell no, he's not. So this is just a bad spot for a good offense against a better offense. I think Alabama, you know, they're not as good defensively as people think uh, or as people are used to, but still, this is a team that still has blue chippers all over the field. You're going to look up on Sunday in five years and see six of these guys in the NFL. And I think Alabama is going to suffocate Oklahoma. The score I keep coming back to, I love to play these games out in my mind and sort of compute a score. 
I keep coming up with 48-24. That's what I keep landing on with Alabama. If I had to play one thing in the game, though, I'd probably I'd probably go under because I would not be surprised to see Alabama just sort of suffocate them and then run the football in the second half. Like, yeah, I could see Oklahoma covering 14. Um, so if I had to do anything in this game, I'd probably go under uh, 77 and a half. But uh, Alabama's going to score a lot of points here, and I'm just not sure that Oklahoma can hang around. But I do think by the time we get to the third or fourth quarter, Alabama is up big, and they're just running this thing out. Whether it's Clemson or Notre Dame, do you see either getting past Alabama in the national championship game? Yeah, I could. I don't think Alabama's invincible. I don't, I don't think there's a team this year that, uh, you know, I mean, we watch a lot of college football this year. I mean, Tua, the, the ankle injury to me is very interesting because if he's not out there, I think this entire team changes. If they can't take the top off a of defense, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did go down. Um, but Alabama, I mean, you look up in Vegas, they're a minus $2 favorite. They're a minus two fifty favorite. Uh, bookmakers have said this is one of the best teams they've ever seen. But um, off a short week, you know, you play on that Monday night on the 7th of uh, December or the 7th of January. I wouldn't be surprised to see them go down. Um, but, I mean, it's, it, it's pretty clear that they're the best team in the country and they should win the championship. But it's, it's college football, man. It's a one-game shot. Anything goes. Monday, the Red Box Bowl. Oregon laying two and a half against Michigan State. The Pac-12 not exactly off to a tremendous start for bowl season, but who knows how it shapes up. Justin Herbert, the all-world quarterback, has announced he will be back for another season with the Ducks. Do you like the idea of laying two and a half here, or are you going to side with Michigan State? I think Sparty's going to win this game outright. I look at D'Antonio, look, there's no better coach in the Big Ten, in my opinion, over the last 10 years than Mark D'Antonio. You go back in his last 31 games as a dog, he's 20-10-1. He takes care of business when everybody counts him out. And this is a defense, Joey, top 10 in a lot of the metrics in the country. This is a very, very good defense against an Oregon team. I watched a lot of Oregon this year. They had so many chances to separate themselves from the Pac and the Pac-12 and so many chances to pull away and maybe climb up the leaderboard. They just couldn't pull it off. And I don't know if that's Mario Cristobal being overmatched, uh, in a lot of these games, but I do think Mark D'Antonio getting points is going to make this work, and I think you sort of have to fade the noise here because there are a lot of people that I talk to, and I know you have these friends too, your casual betters that don't know Jack, and they go, oh, well, Herbert's coming back. They're going to they're gonna win now. It, it's not that simple. I mean, the line hasn't even really moved that much. It went from two to two and a half when Herbert announced he was coming back, and this is a team, I don't think they've faced a really good defense like Michigan State all season long. And they're going to find a way with L.J. Scott. L.J. Scott's playing for Sparty. That's a huge deal. Rocky Lombardi's not great at quarterback, but I think they're going to find a way to make this work. It's going to be hard for Oregon to move the football against this very good defense. I want to jump back to Saturday's schedule for just a second. Michigan laying six against Florida. It feels like over the last decade or so, the Wolverines have owned the Gators, but it also feels like the Gators are a lot more interested in this game, if you know what I mean, with Dan Mullen and everything else going on in Gainesville versus how Harbaugh and the Wolverines crashed and burned in the big game at the end of the season. Do you like Florida plus the points here, or does Michigan get them again? Look, I think the biggest jump for a coach here, too. I think that's the most important for his program, for his players, for people to really buy in here. This is the first crack for Dan Mullen at Florida. And I think you're going to see things from him. This is like that kitchen sink game where, yeah, they didn't show you a lot in the regular season. Maybe Felipe Franks isn't the greatest quarterback in the world. But I think in this game, the wizardry of Dan Mullen, who's able to usually take apart a really good defense. He did it quite a bit, a lot in the SEC. He did it at uh, at Mississippi State. He's going to do it at Florida over the next couple of years or so. I think Florida has a lot more to play for. And you look around that Michigan locker room, Joey, I think it's a big deal 
when you've been going to war with guys all year long and then you look up and you say, oh, no, Sean Gary's not playing. Oh, Bush isn't playing. Oh, wow, Higgins not going to play. I just wonder the mood of that locker room, not to mention – it's not easy to come back from a from an ass kicking when you give up sixty to your biggest rival here. And Jim Harbaugh hasn't been good in bowls. Lost his last two in Michigan, only two and three all time. I don't think Florida has the greatest offense in the world, but I think they have the speed and they have the playmakers to make some creative plays, maybe some flea flickers, some some sweeps. They're going to do some creative stuff you haven't seen yet. And I know Florida might not be the sexiest side here. Uh, I took seven, uh, but I still like it six, six and a half. I just don't think Jim Harbaugh. Uh, has the weapons here. He's missing a lot of NFL players that have just abandoned this team, and I think that's, uh, that's a lot more serious than people realize. Tuesday, the Fiesta Bowl, LSU laying 7.5 against Central Florida. The Knights looking to win their 26th consecutive game. Look, in my opinion, LSU's got more talent, but they're not exactly the most explosive of offenses, and trying to cover 7.5 when your offense tends to get mired on a routine basis – I don't know. I'm looking at Central Florida here, and I'm thinking that's a lot of points. Where are you leaning? Uh, it is a lot of points. I'm going to run a football through the tackles. We're going to take care of business. We're going to take care of the football. Not bad. Oh, in this game, dude, he's, he's got this team pumped up. I know Greedy Williams isn't playing. they got a couple other guys that are on the fence with this game. But I think Ed O here, look, he knows about Central Florida. And there's one thing about LSU. Like, yeah, they might not have more talent than you when they face an Alabama or a Georgia or whatever, but – this team is never unmotivated, and they're never unprepared. And I do think, look, if Mackenzie Milton's in this, it's an entirely different cap. Um, but this is not Memphis, Joey. This is not Mac tearing up a Memphis team that couldn't stop a nosebleed. This is still an LSU defense with meat up front, with great linebackers, with a solid secondary. I think LSU is going to show up, and, and they know. They're, they're fully aware because UCF isn't sneaking up on anybody anymore. Everybody knows what happened last year in the Peach Bowl uh, when UCF – beat Auburn. LSU will be focused, they'll be prepared, and uh, I think Eddie O is going to take care of business here. I think the Tigers are going to win by double figures. Rose Bowl Tuesday afternoon. Chris Peterson at Washington is a hell of a head coach, but here's a stat for you. Urban Meyer, as a head coach, when given eight days or more to prepare for an opponent, is 42-15 and 15 against the spread. How do the Buckeyes close out the Urban Meyer era? Well, how about this? So you take it back to 2000. This is Jim Trestle and Urban Meyer. When they have more than two weeks to prepare, when the Buckeyes have time to focus on what you do well, they are 25-9 and nine against the number. <laughs> That's a pretty decent sample size here. And I'm not playing this because it's a win-win for the Gipper mentality. I just think that this is a show-off for Dwayne Haskins. It's funny, though. Ohio State was awful early in the season, and I'm from the Big Ten. I covered the Big Ten for years. I thought Ohio State was an average team. I thought they had the talent to be a good team, but they played like an average team. And all of a sudden, bam, they flipped the switch. They crushed Michigan. They roll Northwestern. They're feeling themselves right now. And I think the speed for Ohio State, like Washington's got a great defense, but the speed for Ohio State can make a really good defense look really average. And I just don't know, man. I don't know that Washington can move the football. I mean, you watched that Pac-12 championship. That game sucked. It, it set football back. It was only worse than the Cheez-It Bowl. The Cheez-It Bowl was, <laughs> was almost better uh, than the Pac-12 championship. That also but, included the Pac-12 team. Yeah, that game, oh, my God. That game set football back about 30 years. It was uh, nine interceptions and 17 points. Uh, but I just I don't know that Jake Browning in a big game, I, I just don't like him. Yeah, the numbers moved away from me a little bit, but anything around seven, as long as it's not seven and a half or eight, I would lay anything seven or less uh, with Ohio State here. I think they're going to send Urban out as a winner, and Dwayne Haskins is going to go off. He's going to tear this defense apart. 
All right, the Sugar Bowl, Tuesday night, Texas is catching 13 against Georgia. Now, two areas of concern for me when it comes to the Bulldogs. Number one, how excited are they to play in this game? It's a big game, no doubt, but they had their eyes set on the college football playoff. Number two, all-world corner, the Jim Thorpe Award winner, DeAndre Baker, is not going to play in the game. He's already got his sights set on the NFL draft next April. So, knowing that there are some question marks with Georgia, who's a very good football team, and knowing that Tom Herman is 18-2-1 against the spread as a dog dating back to his time at Ohio State in 2012, what do you make of Texas here? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand the line move here either. And this opened up, and I'll, I'll fall on the sword here. I took a bad number here because when this opened up uh, around 11, got to 11.5, I was like, I'm taking the points. I took 11.5. I didn't think it was going to go up to 13. Uh, 13.5 right now at the Golden Nugget. So there's, there's this SEC bias. I mean, this happens all the time. But I, look, man, they were like two or three plays away from going to the college football playoff. And all of a sudden, they're playing in a game that they didn't think they were going to be in. In Texas, look, Sam Ellinger's the, the deal for them. Is he healthy? And the, the answer, I've been talking to guys in Austin for weeks. I go on their shows uh, every Thursday on the horn. They say he looks great. He's throwing the football with ease. And he wasn't really that healthy uh, the last month of the season. But he's had time to prepare. And motivationally, Texas is going to be ready to play in this football game. So I think that's a lot of points here. I don't understand uh, the move up on Georgia. I don't think that they care to be in this game. Uh, and talent-wise, look, Texas has some talent here. They've got some bodies on both sides of the ball. Uh, I like their receivers a whole lot. They can go up and catch it. Um, it it's just a bad spot for Georgia here. And then just think, you know, if Kirby Smart, you know, if he's able to execute in the third and fourth quarter, they're playing in the playoff. They're in the semifinals here. and They fell on their face, man. I don't know that they could get back up from that. Yeah, they can win. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised either to see the Horns, you know, tied up with like six minutes to go. I really like the Horns here. Any other bowl games we didn't hit on that you might be paying close attention to as we approach the end of the season? Yeah, I look Northwestern. I'm I'm a big uh, I'm a big Northwestern hater here because every year they uh, they beat a bunch of cupcakes and they beat a bunch of teams that they should beat, and then they talk about going to the Rose Bowl and be a Big Ten champs. And I love to go against them when they're overmatched and they're out talented, right? Like when they face a Notre Dame or when they face an Ohio State and they get shredded. Like nothing makes me happier. Than when you know the the uh, Mike Greenbergs and the Seth Meyers and they all come out of the woodwork <laughs> and start meowing and wearing purple like I love that shit I love it and then they get crushed in a big game Darren Rovell oh God, yeah you never hear you like you hear it and, and then when they lose you can't make fun of them because it's like oh well we graduated ninety nine percent of our team like I don't care yeah I don't care in yeah. this game though <laughs> they're not going to be I don't think they're going to be out talented against Utah remember this is still a team yeah great defense Whittingham's one of the best to ever do it in the bowl season but they're on their backup quarterback they're on their backup running back this is going to be a sloppy game it's one of the lowest totals on the board but Joey I lived in Chicago this is one of those games this is one of those games Northwestern wins this is one of those games they have a chance to win and they're going to meow and put the purple on and bring the trophy around yeah we won the holiday bowl yeah great whatever <laughs> this is one of those games though one of those spots You'll never get a Pat Fitzgerald team. There's one thing about Fitz, and I can joke around all I want about Northwestern. He's always got his guys ready to go. They're never going to be flat in any game they play. They may not have the horses to run with you for 60 minutes, but they're definitely going to be prepared schematically. And this defense at Northwestern is still pretty good. Clayton Thorson's an upper-class quarterback. He can make some throws. This is a game. You don't want to lay points with Utah. You want to take points with Utah. Northwestern's the same way. 
I would take the seven and a half with Northwestern. They're going to keep this game close. They might even win it outright. Before I let you go, uh, NFL Week 17. I'm sure there are some guys out there that love this schedule because there's so much uncertainty with a lot of the teams and what they need and the players and who's going to do what and the motivation. For me, I look at it as a big mess. I've isolated a couple games I like, but by and large, with all the college football that's taking place, I'm focusing most of my attention there. Anything on the Week 17 card you're paying attention to? Yeah, I hate to pass post on you, but I mean, I you know, I put all these picks up on my uh, podcast feed on Wednesday, and I, I didn't think this number would climb this high. I laid three and a half with Buffalo, and look, I, I think they're going to win by seven or ten. No, you know, you, you shouldn't lay five when you could have laid three and a half, but in week 17, man, I don't know. I mean, uh, you've been to Florida. You think guys from Florida are ready to go to Orchard Park? No. Playing 24 degrees? No. They got not nothing to, to play go. for. And, and they don't get to the quarterback, and that's the issue with Miami. If you can't get to the quarterback, you're going to get destroyed. And you look at the Dolphins' road schedule, I mean, God, they're just they're so bad on the road. You look at what they did. They won their first road game against the Jets. Woohoo! Then they go to Foxborough. <laughs> They lose 38-7. to They go to Cincy. They lose by 10. They go to Houston. They lose 42-23. to They lose to the Packers on the road by 19. They lose to the Colts on the road. They give up 41 in Minnesota. There's a pattern here, Joe. This is a large sample size. When this team plays away from South Beach, they get cooked. And I, I think Buffalo, the coaching staff, they're, they're really uh, intertwined here. They're trying to win this game. Miami, Adam Gase on the hot seat. I just... I don't think, and we look at what happened with Miami in college football. They go into the pinstripe bowl. They were cold as hell, bro. I mean, they were they were bundled up. They didn't want to be there. The Dolphins have no interest in this game. Where Josh Allen, young quarterback, getting better every game. Buffalo's got something to play for here. They're going to shut this Dolphins team down. I think they're going to win by maybe 10, maybe 14 points. So even though the line has moved away from you a bit, I still think the Bills are the right side. You can catch them on the Vegas Stats and Information Network as well as the Chicken Dinner Weekly Football Handicapping Podcast on Twitter at SP Shoot. Sam Paniatovich joining us here on the Sharp 600. You know what, dude? It was worth it. I know I put you through hell changing times and days and all that stuff. You were awesome, man. I can't wait to do it again. I got time for you. Anytime, Joy. We'll talk next week. going to be up 500 by midnight. Yeah, <laughs> Two and one with our college picks last week, which brings our overall college football record to 37, 35, and one on the season. Here we go. All right, game number one, the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. Clemson laying 12 against Notre Dame Saturday, December 29th, 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific, AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Let's be clear about something right off the bat. Notre Dame deserves to be playing in the college football playoff. But in this rare instance, deserves is not synonymous with Notre Dame being one of college football's four best teams. It's like French fries. We all think French fries are delicious, but none of us would say that they are one of the four best foods in the world. Clemson has won its last eight matchups, get this, by an average of 38 points per game, while head coach Dabo Sweeney is 7-1 against the spread over his last eight bowl appearances. Great year for the Irish, but Clemson rolls here. Game number two, the Capital One Orange Bowl. Alabama laying 14 against Oklahoma, Saturday, December 29th, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. The Oklahoma defense is by far the worst defense to ever qualify for the college football playoff. And Alabama's offense is going to lay waste to this unit in Miami Saturday night. The Sooners... Fired defensive coordinator Mike Stoops after that 48-45 loss to Texas back on October 6th. And since that time, Oklahoma surrendered an astounding 36.7 points per game. 
This one is personal for Nick Saban and the Tide, who watched superstar quarterback Tua Tagovailoa. Yes, the same Tua Tagovailoa who led Bama to a national championship over Georgia last season lose the Heisman Trophy to Oklahoma's Kyler Murray just a few weeks ago. You don't think the Bama coaching staff has been talking about that little nugget every single day in preparation for the Orange Bowl? Lay the 14 with Bama, who is going to hang 50 on the Sooners Saturday in Miami. Bonus play, pick number three. Alabama's team total is 45.5 points based on a game total of around 77 points for the over-under, and the Tide is a 14-point favorite. Go ahead, play the over on the Alabama team total. Like I said, this offense is going to lay waste to the Oklahoma defense. Next up, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, Monday, December 31st, 345 Eastern, 1245 Pacific. Liberty Bowl Memorial Stadium in Memphis, Tennessee. It's Missouri against Oklahoma State. The total is 74 points. 74 or more total points have been scored in five of Oklahoma State's last eight games. So it shouldn't be an issue for Missouri quarterback Drew Locke and company to march up and down the field on the Cowboys, considering the fact that the Tigers are averaging 40 points per game ever since that 39-10 loss at Alabama back on October 13th. Okie State signal caller Taylor Cornelius has led the Cowboys to 40 or more points in 7 of 12 outings this season and should find his fair share of box score fireworks on Monday. So I'm betting over 74 total points here, and I'm not looking back. The PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, Central Florida plus 7.5 against LSU. Tuesday, January 1st, 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific, State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. Central Florida enters the Fiesta Bowl riding a 25-game winning streak with 23 of those wins coming against FBS competition and resulting in a 17-5-1 mark against the spread. Here's the thing, though, about this game. For as talented as LSU is, the Tigers aren't built to blow out their opponents, in my opinion. That is huge when you have the nation's 24th-ranked scoring defense in Central Florida, as well as 7.5 points in your pocket. Give me the Knights, and be sure to sprinkle a little something on the money line. The Rose Bowl. Ohio State laying 6.5 against Washington. January 1st, 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific. The Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. As of this recording, the Pac-12 is already 0-2, both straight up and against the spread in bowl games this season, with Arizona State losing by 11 to Fresno State and Cal falling by 3 in a disgusting display of football to TCU. I highly doubt it fares any better for Washington against an Ohio State program that will likely be led by quarterback Dwayne Haskins and head coach Urban Meyer for the final time should Haskins, of course, decide to bolt for the NFL as a surefire top 10 selection. Here's all you need to know about this year's Rose Bowl. Urban Meyer is an astounding 42-15 and 15 against the spread lifetime with eight days or more to prepare for an opponent. He's also 35-17-1 against the spread lifetime against top 25 opposition. Lay the six and a half with Ohio State. And finally, the All-State Sugar Bowl, Texas plus 13 against Georgia, Tuesday, January 1st, 8.45 Eastern, 5.45 Pacific, Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans. After missing out on the college football playoff, How motivated are the Bulldogs to show up and win this game, especially now that star cornerback DeAndre Baker has announced he's skipping the Sugar Bowl to get ready for the NFL draft. Combine that with Texas head coach Tom Herman in the underdog role, and you get a recipe for a Longhorns bet. I know that Herman came up short as a dog in the Big 12 championship game, but he's still an incredible 18-2-1 against the spread with 15 outright wins in the underdog role, dating back to his time as the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Hook him. I'll take the 13 with Texas. Your overall recap in the NFL. 
Buffalo minus five over Miami. The Browns plus five and a half over the Ravens. The Bears plus four and a half over the Vikings. Your six-point tees, Houston from six and a half down to a half over Jacksonville. The Niners plus 10 to plus 16 over the Rams. In college, Clemson minus 12 over Notre Dame. Bama minus 14 over Oklahoma. Bama over on the team total of 48, 45 and a half, excuse me. Missouri, Oklahoma State over 74 total points. Central Florida plus 7.5 over LSU. Ohio State minus 6.5 over Washington. Texas plus 13 over Georgia. That's it. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. We'll see you soon. Be well and best of luck.